2: Chris Herman joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? I, usually
3: like to like the first New York Dolls record, just rip uninterrupted, for five minutes at a time. Um, that is Frankenstein by the New York Dolls from their classic 1973 debut album, In Honor of Halloween.
2: In Honor of Halloween. All right. Uh, let's see. The Grizzlies lost a Saturday... The uh, diminished Grizzlies lost Saturday as they uh, Ja Ja Morant was ailing. Jake LaRavia was ailing. And so uh, Dylan Brooks scored 30. Dez scored 32. Was not enough. The last possession didn't get off a shot. Your thoughts on uh, what unfolded in Utah?
3: You know, the Grizzlies are a bad defensive team so far this season, and the Jads have a lot of shooters who are shooting really well right now. And so you put that combination together. You're on the road, shorthanded, You lose by a bucket. That's those are the breaks, as Curtis Floyd would say. So not a big deal. It'll be interesting to see a rematch tonight.
2: Uh, In terms of the bad defensive team stuff, um, obviously Jaron helps. Is this all Jaron? I mean, like, is is when Jaron comes back, it's fixed? No, I I think
3: if you look at the you know the ten-man rotation last year compared to the ten-man rotation this year. I mean, until when Dylan was out, you, were, you had downgraded four different places in a 10-man rotation defensively, and now you're still downgraded three. I think Jaron will be a huge – I think Jaron and Dylan together, to me, is the foundation of good defense. And so let me see those two guys playing together for a few weeks and I'll have a better feel for what I think about the team's defense. But they, they, they went offense over defense in terms of the other, like nibbling around the edges they did. And, like, guess what? Their offense has been awesome. But I, I do wonder about the totality of the team defense. Like, you know, I, I you know, you got you got rookies playing more. Rookies are never good on defense pretty much, unless you're Herb Jones or Evan Mobley, basically never. Uh Santiago Dama, I think more of an offensive player. Uh, and so I, I think their defensive talent one through ten, even before fully he Healthy, is not as good as it was last year.
2: Do you think and they did this with an eye to the playoffs, they talked openly about that. We need we need to be better offensively in the half court. Um, when we get to the playoffs, is that trade-off reasonable? It is. I, I would be seeking not having to make a trade-off. I, I, <laughs> right. I, 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 you
3: know, like I'd right. be, try, be trying to have both. Right. And so we'll see. I mean, I think you know, the good news for the Grizzlies is I, you know, if you look at what Jaw's done, what Desmond's done, we'll see what if Jaron's offense comes back around. It what he did defensively last year. But like you have your foundation, really. Your foundation of a team that could be a contender for ten years, it could be the playoffs for next ten years, in theory, with those three guys. And so, I think every year you're sort of fiddling around it a little bit and developing right. stuff here and tweaking stuff there, and like we'll see. I mean, maybe maybe they won a title this year. Maybe they come out of this year thinking, you know, we you know we really slipped on our team defense. Let's take a look at that this summer. So we'll find out.
2: Uh, the other sort of fun thing was we did get to see. Um, I mean, it is entertaining to see <laughs> young guys play. Um, and so David Roddy was better. I thought we've already seen Jake Laravia on this trip have a better game. What did you call it? Royal jelly? What is royal jelly, Chris? That's a David Thorpe
3: term, or at least it applied when applied to basketball it's a David Thorpe term. it's a it's a bug term term for bees. It's like a bee larva um, kind of thing, but he, he 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 analogized it to basketball. It really I think it was a San Antonio Spurs thing and a Popovich thing when he first brought it up a long time ago about sort of the way that organization developed young players in terms of giving them opportunity, giving them encouragement and really sort of, you know, you know, sort of the way they develop those players. And I sort of applied that to the Grizzlies, you know, this week in particular in terms of like finding 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 opportunities. Like they they didn't have to play Kennedy Chandler in that game. They went all season last year. Job, Job Rant missed 25 games last year. They never had, even had a third-point guard on the roster. So they could have chosen not to play him in that game, but they did. They gave him the, you know, 14 minutes. They gave him the bench roll. He had a couple of nice moments. Um, and, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, the hope is that it pays off long-term. Long term. You know, David Roddy was playing well, and he ends up, you know, played a few crunch time minutes with Dylan Brooks needs a breather and has his best game. And so – you know, they, they are, their, their player development track record is very strong, and I think this was a good week for that in terms of seeing them dollop out, you know, some good moments for the rookies.
2: Uh, you, in the meantime, wrote um, about Dylan Brooks. It's funny. My son, Peter, had an interview with a Memphis company for a summer job this uh, <laughs> over Zoom. And it was, again, the first thing they asked him was about <laughs> Dylan Brooks. <laughs> n- n- not just cause, like Dylan Brooks is such a polarizing figure. And I would say mostly people this year would be, ah, Dylan, you know, on that side of it. And yet you suggest from uh, this, the piece you wrote, which I've tweeted out, it's over at the Daily Memphian, that there's been some promising signs from Dylan this year.
3: I think, well, you know, I just looked at it. This is his first week back. So he's missed time, and then this week. So to me, the story of this week was twofold. It was Desmond Bain's offense and Dylan Brooks' return. I chose to write about the Dylan thing. Um, and so when I'm looking at him this week, my, my main focus is not, did he make shots, did he miss shots? Right. Like, every shot's a referendum on whether you're a good player or not. I mean, the, and the answer to that was no, sometimes, and yes, <laughs> in succession. <laughs> right. on Or making missing shots. I'm looking at... What, 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 what shots is he taking? How many shots is he taking? Where is he fitting in in a pecking order? Is the shot distribution changing in the way that everyone seems to think it should? Um, it, it, what's the role he's playing defensively? And I think in terms of the role he slipped into, it is exactly the right role. He, he was not only in terms of his, his, his number of shots, but when you watch him play, like, he is deferring. He, he has clearly stepped in behind Morant and Bain in the pecking order and a significant step behind them. Um, his percentage of three-point attempts relative to mid-range was up three games, but still, it's what you want to see. And he's guarding the best score on the other team by period, whether they're 6'11 or six foot. Um And so that, the role he has played in these three games is the role the Grizzlies need their small forward to play. Now, whether Dylan Brooks is that small forward a long time is somewhat of a separate question, but he's that right now, and, and I think he, he, they need someone to play the role that he played this week, and, and he did a pretty good job playing it. Playing it,
2: I thought. How hard is it to find that guy? By the way, like, let's say Dylan Brooks disappeared this off-season, is it like you, you really just need a, You need a classic three-and-D guy. How hard is it? You don't need someone who's an all-star in that role, though. You need someone to lock yeah, down.
3: Yeah, but I, I, th- I think you need. It's easy to say three and D. I think more it's a D. little bit more than that. I think you need the D to be versatile. You need the D to be able to guard point guards. So John right. Morant doesn't have to guard point guards, right? right? Um, not every 3 and D guy can guard point guards and power forwards. Um, Dylan Brooks is not the only one who can, but not all of them can. And I think that's what you need. Like, is Zaire Williams going to develop into a guy defensively who has that level of versatility? The answer is maybe. Like he might. I would not discount it, but he's not there right now, certainly. And so I think it's important. It's important for the small quarter on this team, playing with Morant and Bain, to be able to guard the best perimeter player on the other on the other team, regardless of what position that perimeter player plays.
2: I'm intrigued by. There, they're really two, with respect to his mindset, Dylan's mindset. To me, there's the question of whether he will do that this year. He will slot in. Uh, in that place in the pecking order and, and take the appropriate men of shots and more three pointers and all of that. But then there's also this sort of long-term question. Is that what Dylan wants to be? Like, just because that's what he should be on this team to be its highest and best use. Well, I think, I think there's a level to which Dylan doesn't have a
3: choice. I I I think Dylan is not Russell Westbrook. I think, you know, in his prime, he's not going to be winning MVPs anywhere. I think, I think part of the, the, the level of, of role he's had offensively has been him. Part of it's been the team around him. Like, right. you know, they've always had, and right now Jared's out. And so, uh, you know, and then last year we talked about it, he and Ja basically toggled. Like, they, they played, like, ten games together all year. And so I think we've seen, you know, the first two games back with he's on the floor with Ja and Desmond. And, like, he took half a dozen fewer shots than either of them and it was passing the ball to them in crunch time and whatever. And so I think we need the good news is this is not a decision that has to be made tomorrow. Right. It's a decision at some level that has to be made before the trade deadline, but that's like in February. And so hopefully you get Jaron back and you get all right. four of these guys on the floor and you can like get a better sense of it.
2: I just I, it is an interesting question because I I don't You say it has to be made before the trade deadline, but you do, as you point out, you need this. You need Dylan Brooks in the playoffs, or a Dylan Brooks type character in the playoffs this year. Even if he's going to walk away, at, I mean, you need him in the playoffs if you can't get yeah a yeah, replacement. But I think
3: it has to be made before the trade yeah. deadline. What I really mean is that is the first point in right, which of
2: inflection point. There
3: yeah. is a level of, of, of decision making.
2: Yeah, you could
3: choose to just run it out and see what happens. Yes.
2: I guess what I'm wondering about is there are certainly teams that, that he could go to where he's going to think he's going to get more shots. If if, that's, if if he doesn't. Yeah, yeah but, 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 but not good teams. No, no not, not good teams. no not, not good teams. 100% not good teams. Anyway, you can read, uh, Chris, on, on, uh, on Dylan Brooks at the Daily Memphian. The piece is out. You also uh, mentioned your man of the week was Desmond Bain. Drew asked me this question. He said, Ja, I think he phrased it this way Ja is going to become the, all, the, the, the leading scorer. I guess he didn't play enough games last year to be official. And so, he was
3: like one or two short, yeah.
2: Right. So, uh, and the, 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 the leading scorer, average scorer for the franchise is Sharif Abdul Rahim with 23. So he asked me, Do I believe that that will be broken by two different players? This season, what's your answer?
3: I would say probably I, I think it's a definitely on, on Ja as long as he get you know, yeah. already done. It. It's just a technicality that he's not. It's not.
2: Right. Um,
3: I think with Desmond, it's going to be close. I think that's a pretty good over, over under number. I think before the season, I would have set that over in fact, I think we did this. I would have set that over under number at like 22 and a half, something like that. Uh, that's before the season even started. Like, I, I, I mean, one, of the, one of my predictions was he would set the his record for short average on the wing this season, which would, you know, he'd have to hit like 20.2 to get that. But, but when Jordan and I did a podcast, I think 22 was the number we talked about. But I, I think 23.5. I would, I would raise it up to that as an over I'd probably take the over. But, but that, that's, that's a pretty big number though.
2: Um, yeah, it's a pretty big number. All right, uh, that's the Grizzlies. Again, they got Utah tonight. Meanwhile around the league, stunning news out of San Antonio, uh, where they released Josh Primo, lottery pick, from a year ago. Um, and I guess the reports are that he was exposing himself to women, including perhaps an employee who is now represented by the same lawyer who represented the women who, uh, who uh, sued Deshaun Watson. That's a hell of a thing. I, I don't know what they're saying there, other than that's a hell of a thing. Someone will pick him up, though. Don't you believe that, ultimately?
3: Uh, I don't think going to pick him up Not right soon. away. No. No.
2: no. not right away. Yeah.
3: Um, it, plus, he hasn't proven he's an NBA player. That was a really – I know he was a lottery pick, but that was a was highly a questionable lottery pick when it happened. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think this path back is quick. Yeah. Uh, um, Right and so I you know the, I mean, the thing about that was as soon as it happened you no knew. one knew what the story was but everyone knew there was a story right that was not a basketball decision, no transparently
2: yes you a hundred percent knew that that was something off the court and that was uh, ugly and uh, it has proven to be okay speaking of ugly, Kyrie Irving is doubling down does not believe he did anything wrong in promoting an anti-semitic film and book on his social media Accounts, He says, I'm not going to stand down. Uh, I'm not here to argue over a person or a culture or religion and what they believe. Nah, that's not what's here. It's on a public platform. Did I do anything illegal? Did I hurt anybody? Did I harm anybody? Am I going out and saying that I hate one specific group of people? etc., etc., etc.? Your thoughts?
3: Somebody on Twitter said you know, he hasn't even done anything meaningful in basketball in six years. He's basically just QAnon, Monte Ellis now. <laughs> I think that's totally right. I have no use for him. Like to me, I'd be trying to trade him now, and if I couldn't trade him, I might just wave him.
2: Well, that's, there's people are, people are arguing that he should yeah. be cut. People are arguing that he should be cut. Yeah,
3: I'm, I mean, he is—he is officially reached the more trouble than it's worth, uh, and that takes a lot for a guy that downed to be more trouble than he's worth. But he's officially more trouble than he's worth, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Um. All right. Let's see what else happened around. Let's the uh, the the Nets lost. Um, the Warriors lost, <laughs> like, there, there's yeah, there's some out there. teams that are supposed to be the good. The Lakers won without LeBron. That are not good, and the the Philadelphia's not good. Like, who who is most surprising to you that is not good, who is supposed to be, or does not have a good record at this point that is supposed to have, was oh, expected the two to? the
3: teams that are
2: most, it's sort of hard because so much of it is health-related. Right. Like the, not, like, the
3: Clippers are disappointing, but, like, it's, or I why? Mean, right you know I, and so it, it's that um I think the two that are most disappointing to me or the two teams I picked to finish first in the regular season <laughs> Utah and uh, Philly and West, <laughs> right. which is Philly and Denver
2: Philly and Denver yeah right.
3: um yeah and so I it, but with Denver it's a little health I mean Jamal Murray is not I mean my, my Denver pick was based on Jamal Murray being back to the pre-injury Jamal Murray and maybe he's still going to get there it's early but I do think that needs to happen um But I think, you know, and Joel Embiid doesn't look to be in tip-top shape yet either. Maybe he plays his way back into shape. And So I think those are the two biggest questions of those two teams. But even then, I think those teams should be better than they've been so far. Yeah.
2: Um, All right. You can read Chris's piece at the Daily Memphian about the Grizzlies and the week that was and Dylan Brooks and all of that. It is up over there now. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks. Chris Harrington
0: from the Daily Memphian.